Did you know that Radical Reels is touring Australia from October 2023? It's a collection of short, action-packed, wild and crazy films from the well-known Banff Film Festival. Three out of eight short films are snow films. Tour dates and locations are found easily on the website radicalreels.com.au. Check it out. You're listening to Loving the Snow Life with Emma and Tennille. Tennille, our mum, and Emma, her awesome friend, share deep passion for the snow. They started the podcast together to share all their experiences with you. Between them, they have skied over 95 resorts, both held ski instructor qualifications, lived and worked in resorts, and still spent every hard-earned dollar skiing. They set their lives up around snow travel, and our ski bags are always packed, ready to go. We're certainly not complaining about this, are we? No way. And even better, we get to share all the experiences. Hi, Pamela. How are you? Hello. Thank you for having me. Hi, Emma. Hi, Tanil. Hi, Pamela. Thank you for coming on. We're pretty thrilled. It's exciting to talk to you. So, (laughs) Pamela, welcome today. Thank you so much for joining us. We're excited because you're a travel expert. You're an executive producer and you're the host of the new streaming series, Me, Myself and the World, The Art of Solo Travel. So this is really exciting for us to talk to you today. Like you've been to two snowy places that, you know, most people don't consider to go to, but we'll talk about those later. Introduce yourself in your own words first. (laughs) All right. Well, hello to your audience. Um, I am, like you said, Pamela Holt. I have a series streaming on uh, Amazon Prime and also Go Traveler to be a whole bunch of different platforms. And it's called Me, Myself, and the World, The Art of Solo Travel. And I love solo travel. Um, It brings so much freedom. I meet so many wonderful people along my along my way. And I've actually been to two very famous snow covered places on my own that, uh, like you said, we'll, we'll talk about in a bit, but I've just always had this passion for traveling and, um, it kind of was birthed out of not only being inquisitive about the world. I started traveling, uh, solo when I was 19, going to Asia for my, my first, uh, opportunity and it kind of just snowballed from there. And I had a little bit of a hiatus in there. Uh, unfortunately, got into a car accident, which put a major halt on both my life and my career. And somewhere in there, I just said, okay, I'm going to make a promise to myself. I will hit 80 countries by my 50th birthday. And okay. I lit- <laughs> I was literally on a plane. I touched down in Bhutan and I jumped like you know you have to walk down the the plane stairs and I jumped off the last stair right into my 50th country or 80th country on my 50th birthday and oh, wow. I just love magical. it that is magical I love that that is a goal for a lot of people I'm sure of it out there how yeah. long did it take you to do the 80 countries well I hit it on my 50th birthday I would often do it in sections um I did work I had a great job um, that did provide a lot of travel, but I would top and tail every single trip. So if I had to go to Asia for work, I'd be like, hey, can I go a month early? I would um, go traveling to whatever countries I could hit, come back, work for a couple of weeks, and then go traveling some more on their dime of the flight. <laughs> oh, wow. That's, that's, that's a sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and so... Um, 
you know, I, I would do a lot of block traveling where I, on my uh, 50th birthday, I went to seven countries on that trip. Um, 80, my 81st country technically was Bangladesh. Oh. So, um, you know, I think the flight is quite often the most expensive thing. I think for any, whether it's travel or travel and sport, like skiing, snow skiing, kite, I was listening to your great episode, the gal who um, kite skis, mm. whether on water and and snow that's so exciting <laughs> mm. you have yeah. to add that add that to your repertoire before you're 55 <laughs> oh, hey thank you good point I, I might just do you that not, you do not look 50 by the way just quite yeah a, that's right yeah I guess thank you but they will we'll put a photo on you on our uh, social I just turned 54 <laughs> oh get oh, out go. yeah wow. you wow. could be anything from like 27 yes <laughs> thank you what eye cream well, do you use you know I think I honestly believe I heard once actually I was six years old I was watching a a famous program in America called 60 Minutes and they were talking to centurions and when I was six years old I literally decided I'm going to be a centurion and something that reverberated with all the interviewees was that they had decided they wanted to live a long life and stay young they literally had decided that. And so I decided that. I said, I'm going to stay young and travel. <laughs> yeah. I like it. I like it. I'm I'm there with you. So yeah. Excellent. Yeah. I, I love that you said you're going to marry your two passions in life, traveling and storytelling. And I think mm-hmm. you pretty much nailed that, like in your series on Amazon Prime. Is, it's pretty, you go to some amazing countries, you know, and it's and the stories behind it are, are, are fun. <laughs> you, you seem to have fun in everything that you do in your life. I'm sure of it. <laughs> I think, you know, it, we create joy. Yeah. And uh, I just got married last year, 53. And mm. I don't think that I could be the the spouse, the partner, life partner that I am to my husband if I hadn't completed my own circle, if I hadn't become a whole myself, which kind of relates to a story I'd love to share. I'm, I met a guy when I was traveling in Vietnam. And I actually found him lost on the streets of Saigon. And I got I yelled over to him. I was like, hey, American, are you lost? And he's like, oh, my gosh, how did you know I was American? Because he's of Asian descent. I'm like, you look and smell American. I promise you, you're not, you cannot fool anyone. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And he, he was lost. And he had come out to go traveling for um, his girlfriend couldn't get away from work. And he came out to travel. And this applies to whether you're going on a ski trip by yourself or traveling anywhere. He wanted to learn to talk to people. He had been hiding behind a uh, computer for so long. Mm -hmm. And he used this opportunity to get out there and force himself to learn to communicate and talk with people and be Mm -hmm. joyful and kind of create his own joy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even skiing, I've met people who go on these epic adventures, uh, I met a lady going down to Antarctica. She's like, I just, I want to do this by myself. Mm. I want to have this experience, sit in it and be empowered by that, Mm. which of course, solo travel, (laughs) you get so much self-confidence and empowerment, but it's not just women. I think a lot of people try to pigeonhole that to women. It is not, it is men and women. Uh, It's probably 50, 50 out there. I know that the data is different, but when I'm out on the road, it's pretty 50, 50 with men and women. Mm, yeah, interesting. Well, we'd love to take you on your first um, poll. Uh, 
what would you call it, like two, two poles of the earth, the first one being to the Arctic, up to the North Pole. Um, and we'd love to hear about your trip up there. And you went up to the Arctic Circle in Norway and went to a ski resort called Strine. I hope I'm saying it right, S-T-R-Y-N. So tell us a bit about that. That was so much fun. It was um, actually on a cruise with Royal Caribbean. I went to the Norwegian fjords and had an option to on um, during an overnight to do an excursion up to the Arctic Circle. Of course, you know, go to the North Pole, look for Santa. Yes. <laughs> they literally, was he there? <laughs> they literally have a reindeer with a guy dressed as Santa up there. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, and you get a certificate for crossing into the Arctic Circle and you get to walk into it. There's a, a plaque. I, I shared some pictures with you all at the official Arctic Circle entrance. And um, the summer skiing was so much fun. I mean, what a unique opportunity because it really genuinely was warm. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't sure about the conditions, if it would be icy, if I wasn't really sure. Uh, on the day that we went, there had been some cold weather. So we had a, it wasn't fluffy, but it wasn't icy. So it was just really nice. And I was with a bunch of, uh, I went on a tour bus with a bunch of people. And of course, not skiing for a while. I was like, oh yeah, I can go down the Black Diamond run. <laughs> and I went down with a bunch of guys who were snowboarding. Mm-hmm. And this is, a you know, quite a while ago, actually. And I guess the funny, not so funny part was I can get down a black diamond. You might go three times and I'll go once, <laughs> but I can get down. And um, so I couldn't read the signs. They were not written both in English and in Norwegian. And I missed the whole warning section of don't go to this one section. And also I wasn't a good enough skier that I could maneuver certain ways. Oh. And somehow I ended up on this ledge where it was kind of a double ledge where it was like at this apex where there was a cliff on one side and a crevasse on the other, like the other side of me. And every time I tried to step up, I would slide down. Mm-hmm. And then I even tried laying down. I know I was, I laid down and I had my nails like dug into the sand or into the snow. And I was there for three hours. And oh my so- gosh somebody's got to come looking for me, somebody. And and I knew it was my fault that I, you know, A, didn't check the signs and B, totally went on a run I shouldn't have been on. Um, hours, you're so lucky it wasn't snowing or rain yeah. or, you know, like anything. And you're on, oh, did you have insurance? Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> no insurance? nothing. Nothing. Oh, I was a God. wild traveler. And what what I happened? Was. I'm trying to know what happened. <laughs> yeah. Um. I eventually got one of my skis off. And this is the kind of thing where if you move an inch, you start to slide. So it's death defying. Somehow I got one of my skis off and I had one shot where I just dug it into the snow, literally. And that I hooked myself around that, got my second ski off. I don't even remember where my poles were. I know I had them. I must've put them around my wrist. Mm. Next one into the snow and took the first one out and worked my way up that way mm. to like pass the ravine and get onto the main the mm. main section the funniest thing is i have a friend <laughs> that told me that everyone was looking for me and waiting for me to go back on the tour bus okay. and they said they saw me coming down the slope and as i'm coming down 
I'm ripping everything off, having a total toddler tantrum on the way down. And literally, I was like, I ain't skiing. I'm like throwing everything off. And my friend said, go collect all my articles. (laughs) Um, (laughs) They said said it was the funniest thing ever because they didn't know what had happened to me. And you're like, I'm done. I'm done. Get me out of here. Someone come and carry me. Like, yes. Yes. But at the same time, I was sort of like, oh my gosh, I made it. I did it. (laughs) Yeah. That is really scary, actually, because you're, when you, especially when you can't read, and if someone had come that can't speak English as well to help you, it would have been like, okay, how do you get, that is a really scary experience. (laughs) And you're at the Arctic Circle. Oh, I found terrifying. That's like the worst nightmare. Yeah. And looks um I'm looking at the ski resort, it looks looks beautiful. Looks very, I mean, like you can see it the big U-shaped gla- glacier mm-hmm. sort of thing. It looks quite um open. And, yeah. and um was it sun till sort of midnight or something? Or what was it? Was it yeah, when we yeah. were there, it was I think it was almost sunny the whole time. Um, it's been quite a few years. I think it was back in 98 or yep. Mm. So it was great time to go a few years ago, (laughs) but, um, yes, it was, it was light out. That was definitely not an issue. And I think that those snowboarders and I, um, we weren't on the main trail. That was, that was one of the biggest things. We were not on the main trail. We were kind of skiing off to the side and it was epic skiing. Luckily I'd been skiing for quite a few hours. So I, Definitely got some great runs in. But yeah, yeah, that would have been horrible for your first run. You would have been never again. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I had skied a lot in California before that. I mean, I knew how to ski. Yeah. So you decide to have your first snowboard lesson at 47. Is that right? I did. Yeah. My it was my nephew's birthday. So I took him up to Big Bear, which is just a really short drive from Los Angeles. The joke around California or LA is that you can touch Malibu and be up in the ski resort within like three hours. And people do. They'll surf to ski on the same day, which is really fun. And so um I took my nephew, and that's exactly what we did. We hit the beach in Newport and then went straight up to Big Bear and got on a snowboard. And it was so much fun. I think, you know, a lot of people said, oh, you're too old. Like, you're just going to hurt yourself. You're going to fall. You're not going to get up. You won't know how to. And so I was actually skateboarding a little bit just to get my balance before Mm -hmm. I went. Mm -hmm. And I had a great time. And I think it's so good to Mm -hmm. constantly learn something new. Sure, you're going to fall, but it's snow. And you're you're on the bunny slope. (laughs) What about you in rollerblading, Emma? No, I'm only joking. <laughs> I, I broke my wrist last year roll, roller skating, actually. But I wasn't oh, no. even moving. I was just standing still and I just fell down. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's, I, I love it that people, you take that challenge on. I, I hate the old, oh, you're too old to start something new. It's like, well, hold on, 47 is not old. Like, <laughs> you know, I met a 98-year-old spinster. This lady dressed like she was a nun and she acted like she was a rock star. She Mm. was so fabulous. And every time I think I'm getting old, I think if Mm. I ate lunch with her again, she'd look at me like I was a child. Mm. And I just, I think we have to remember that we can all, the more we learn new things, a new sport, Mm -hmm. um, we increase our sport, the more the synapses is built in our brain and the younger we stay. Mm, well, it's really, it's really interesting, you know, the whole your vibe attracts your tribe thing because Tanil and I are having a lot of conversations with women roughly our age at the moment and 
none of us, including you, none of us are going quietly. Like (laughs) we're just getting started. So that is how I feel when I turn. It was funny when I turned 30, I I looked really young and I felt like I had no voice. And I finally felt like, okay, I have a voice. I can, I'll tell everyone I'm 30. So they I'm qualified. And then when I turned 40, I kind of felt powerful. Mm -hmm. I felt empowered, I guess. And then when I turned 50, I felt powerful and I felt, oh, I could be all the sassy I want now. Mm-hmm. Like nobody's going to mess with a 50 year old. It's been so <laughs> great. It looks like a 20 year old. Awesome. Gosh. Awesome. I love it. I love, I love that attitude. It's what we're grasping at currently, aren't we, Emma? Absolutely. <laughs> like, no, nah, no, nah, none of this. Um, When you get older, you're feeling visible stuff. Like, no. Nah. Yeah. No. So we'd love to ask you, like, head to the other end of the world now and go to the South Pole because you've been there too, and yeah. Antarctica. Um, tell us a bit about that. You went there by yourself as well. Yes. Um, I took a cruise, actually it was on Esmara, which was a little bit fancy, and I went from, um, I was going to say Ushuaia, I went from Buenos Aires uh, down to Antarctica. It's about 16, 17 days. You go to the Falkland Islands, uh, Uruguay, and you go down through the uh, the Straits. And I think down near Georgia, it is so exciting. We basically landed uh, just off. There were three different, it was a Russian, the Chinese, and the Brazilian um, posts down in Antarctica. And then we passed by the British girls who were excited to see. Yes. <laughs> and yeah, they were so excited to see a, a ship, a group of people. That's um, <laughs> <laughs> it was really exciting. And I think you don't feel the I've I've always been um very reverent of the ocean. It looks pretty, but it is it owns you. Mm-hmm. And so when you're in situations, especially down in Antarctica one false move and we all know what can happen. So your hand, your life is in the hands of that particular captain. Um, and with these cruise ships, they have this, the captain that belongs with the company, but they always bring in on an additional captain. And the captain that we had, interestingly enough, there are only two routes he does, Antarctica and the Amazon. Mm. He He does it from one season to the next. And this guy is old and curmudgeonly and rather handsome and just like that griff sort of Popeye kind of guy. And like, he does not mess around (laughs) when it comes to these icebergs. But honestly, I kept the window open and got to see the icebergs. It was light all day, all night. It was so cool. And the sheer size of these icebergs are, you you can't really feel them and you see them until you're down there. It is epic what about the sounds like are they creaking all the time or they're not or you don't get that close to them no no you you do get close to them gosh it's it's so funny no one's ever asked me about the sound but it's just it's this eerie quietness especially at night it it, like the titanic that sound that when they're out and you know everyone's floating in the water and they've all frozen it's literally that sound that's what i was Um, thinking it would be yeah for sure (laughs) yes and we had such an interesting experience where it's summer and a lot of people we went during the summer season which for me was january you know january and um it was really beautiful out 
I would say maybe, I remember being bundled up, but it was maybe 40 or 50 in seconds. We had a summer, summer snowstorm and it went from us sitting on the, the back deck, having a wonderful meal to running inside and nobody even pulling their dishes in because it, it snowed so quickly and so fast. Mm, what kind and, of snow was it? Was it, um, did it come from the side or was it heavy or was it just like with a lot of wind? Um, yeah, it, I don't know. It was just kind of sudden. It wasn't super windy when we went out and played in it afterwards. Cause mm. it was all over the decks. You could make great soft snowballs. It was very flaky. Mm. Um, it did not melt quickly. It went from being sunny to, to the snowstorm. And then afterwards the, we didn't see the sun anymore. So mm. it was very chilly. Um, but it it was like a nice snowfall, uh, it, that sort of consistency. Yeah. It was not rainy. It was not rainy, snowy. Mm. I would have thought, <laughs> sure. Did you um what what equipment did you have to go? Did they give you stuff on the boat, or did that did you have to have your own? Um, a lot of people do bring their own. There are certain cruises, depending on what type you take. If it's a luxurious cruise, I know Punant does this thing where they give you all the gear. Uh, if you go on more of an explorer cruise, an icebreaker ship, I think that's a little bit more rugged and that I'm sure most people bring their own gear. I think one of the most interesting things about going to Antarctica is the guest lectures. That That's why people go there. The, there's, of course, entertainment, but the guest lectures that they have going down there that talk about Antarctica, talk about the treaties between countries, the, the landmass. Um, it's epic. It's- I would not have thought about that. I didn't even know that they were included on cruises that they had that talks. Well, I would definitely jump on one for that. Actually, like, oh I've yeah, never been on a cruise actually. No. Oh no. my gosh, it's so much fun. Because yeah. I just was thinking that it was the kind of thing I want to keep for when I'm older. <laughs> oh gosh, no. I mean, wow. There's some cruise ships right now that have. Um, parachuting in it i know royal caribbean has this thing where you (laughs) literally can parachute on the ship they have a bar that's like up over the ocean they have water slides they have epic i mean they have high diving on one of the ships there's ships called the beyond and apex I'm, i'm trying to from memory these are floating oh my gosh entertainment sites and they're epic and they're so much fun the disco the entertainment I, think I mean, we travel to the states for that. We don't get any of that coming to Sydney Harbour. <laughs> we get oh. like round little waterfall, water, what? Not waterfalls. What are they? Water slides. Um, yeah, <laughs> but no uh, diving platforms. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, some of these new ships are truly epic, and I know they have they have cruise ships. Um, Royal Caribbean Celebrity both come down to Australia. Mm-hmm. So what do you think is the main benefit of solo travel? I mean, I, I went four days to Heron Island scuba diving early this year and I, and I loved it and I, I can see the benefits. I really do. What do you think are the main benefits of solo travel? Some people are just too scared to do it. Yeah, you know, I have a motto. It's uh, feel the fear and do it anyway. Mm-hmm. And I want to qualify that statement because when when it's an intuition telling you not to do something, okay, you don't do it. But if it's just the what ifs, yeah. then plan and be careful and be smart. 
hack your wits, because if you're smart at home, you'll be smart when you travel and feel that fear and do it anyway. The self-confidence that you will get from solo travel. Like Mm -hmm. I said, men and women, both. Um, There's a ton of self-discovery. You're really left to your own demise, (laughs) your own thoughts, and to hear yourself think. Because there's a lot of time that you're traveling and you you don't want to necessarily expend the energy to meet every single person in every single place. So there's a lot of time for self-discovery and and when you conquer some of these fears by the way most of the fears are just put on by society they're not actual yeah the yeah uh, the oh you're a woman you can't and then fill in the blank or you're a young man or you're an old man fill in the blank Mm -hmm. um so a lot of those are the what ifs and they don't actually exist what's that great quote it's Everything we do is sort of 10% of what happens and 90% of what we think might happen. So let go of the 90% and and live in that 10% and plan. And the self-discovering confidence that you'll take away will honestly change your life. Do you think that um, which comes first, the chicken or the egg? Do you need confidence Mm -hmm. to travel by yourself or do you travel and then get confidence. I think it, for different people, it'll be different things. So I had a woman text me recently on Instagram and she said, I've always wanted to solo travel. She has a special needs child. She has a husband and two teenagers. I mean, she is swamped with life and works part-time. And I said, she said, where could I travel? What could I do? How can I basically get away? And I said, great. Everyone, it sounds like everyone in your family can take care of each other and themselves. Let's start with one day, just one day. They can deal with that. So to build your self-confidence, go to the next two towns over and Mm. spend one day by yourself and get your feet wet. Mm. Get slowly move into that, um, slowly move into solo travel. And one of the things that a lot of people say is, what about if I am an introvert? What if I have anxiety? What if I don't think I can do this? Well, start by saying hello to the people in the places you go to every day. If you go to the same Starbucks, learn their name and say hello. Get used to saying hello to strangers. Get used to smiling. That acknowledgement not only helps your self-confidence, not only helps you meet other people, but surprisingly, as a woman, you start paying attention to your surroundings. And that's important. When you're traveling, you want to pay attention to people around you. If you're on a ski lift, what a great opportunity to say hi to the other people and meet another solo travel, especially if you're in the singles line. You're now with other singles. Um, And get used to listening to your intuition. You know when someone's weird and funky. Walk away. There's 100 other people that are going to be great. So Mm. pay attention to that. Yeah, it's true. I nearly my my oldest daughter is eighteen, and she wanted she said, "Mom, I'm going volunteering in Thailand," and I was like, "Oh my god!" And I <laughs> nearly put all my fears onto her, but we allowed her to go. And what a what an experience for her! She just she did that. She came back and she said, "Oh my gosh, I can read people now." I know. I like. I sat mm-hmm. at the bar and I was like, "Wow, that person's weird. Oh, that person's nice. Oh, that t- person's full of shit." You know, it was right. And I was like, oh, thank God we let you go because that's just set you up for like getting a job, going to uni. She's not afraid. Mm-hmm. Like all our kids these days, 
are just so afraid to start a different conversation with someone new because they're so tied up yes. in, this one, in these phones, you know, and they only yeah. talk to their little group. But they've got to get out and go, hey, say, like exactly like you said, I love that you said, just smile and say hello. Because I said that same conversation to my daughter, my youngest today, sitting mm-hmm. at the bus stop. I'm like, you don't even know those girls' names and you've been with them for two years. I'm like, do me a favour and find out their names. Oh, mum. Yes. <laughs> Hopefully oh, yeah, nobody does that. Mm-hmm. I know, I know. So, But, yeah, it, it sets them up, you know, just to, to be different because the rest of the generation that they're in, are not talking to anyone else. They're free to talk right. on phones, but real life, you know. What, you, what advice do you have for when you're traveling by yourself and you're having meals? Because I would say I've done a lot of travel on my own and I love being on my own, but I always feel a bit weird when I'm having my meals, <laughs> when I'm sitting there at the restaurant. And in the past, in my 20s, I'd be sitting there, you know, when people would write postcards, I'd do all my postcards while I was having my dinner on my own. Um and now it's sort of like if I go somewhere, I'm on my phone or something. But how do you get around that sort of feeling like you're you're dining alone sort of feeling? Oh, yeah. the, the um, It's sort of the this idea of like, oh, you don't have any friends, so you have to eat alone kind of thing. Um, two things. I mean, you can really approach it either way. Uh, there was a great movie called Hope Floats. And Sandra Bullock's character asks uh, the guy, I can't think of his name right now. He was a singer. And her character asks his character, how do you dine alone? And he said, oh, you you turn your back to everyone and you just sort of look mysterious. And I've always remembered that. And sometimes I've done that. And other times I literally find the best seat in the house and I enjoy my meal, which I now get to taste because I'm not entertaining anyone else. I'm not talking. I get to pay attention to my meal and I just soak in all the amazing people watching. I've literally watched people for a whole meal and try to figure out what they do. And there's one guy, uh, I was in France actually in a cafe and I was watching him for a while. And finally I was like, I had decided this guy was a, um, like a poet and some sort of this romantic French thing. He was a cobbler. He was like a seventh generation cobbler. I was like, I just met Geppetto. <laughs> yes, yeah. The yeah. opposite end of the scale. I loved people watching Vegas buffets. Yes. <laughs> oh, so true. <laughs> you know, yeah. sit in your confidence. When you have to dine, you're choosing to be there alone. Mm. So don't put other people's societal things of, mm. oh, why is that girl dying alone? When I was in France once, I had a really pretty dress on. I was at the Cannes Film Festival and I took myself to dinner and they didn't serve me for an hour. And I finally had to flag down the guy and I was like practicing my French. They were appalled that I was eating alone. And I I had to convince these guys I was mm. like, I choose this. I'm sitting in my Cinderella dress. I'm not going home. I'm going to I'm going to milk this time (laughs) and I'm going to, I ordered like seven things on the menu and most of them I just tasted. And I had like five drinks probably because it's what I wanted to do. I wanted to taste everything. Mm. And I sat in the glory of like, wow, I'm here. I get to afford, I can afford this today and I'm going to taste it. And I'm, I'm going to people watch and I'm just going to be in this moment. I'm going to be right where my feet are. What do you, what about the other thing that bubbles to mind is when I go somewhere on my own, 
I want to be on my own. I'm not going there necessarily to meet people. I just want to, mm-hmm. like you're saying, like it's yeah. it's this deliciousness of being on your own um, and not having anyone around you asking you questions or commenting or breathing, you know. And so sometimes I can be a bit like, um, like I've done things in the past, like I'll get up early so people like, I just don't want to be asked to be a part of anything. So I just get up early and make my own choices, that kind of thing. And when people say, do you yeah. want to come have a drink? And it's like, no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> How do you manage that? Like it's almost like it's not pushing people away, but it's just I want to be had this experience literally by myself. I think it's okay to literally say that, say, oh, my gosh, thank you for the invitation. I might take you up later. Um, I really came for some lo- some alone time and to reboot. Everyone understands that every woman who multitasks and does a hundred things a day and Mm. gives all her energy away, whether it's to a husband or kids or a boss or whatever, we all understand that. So honestly, the, what is the, the truth is the best, the best thing. I I like that because we do need to be given a script. I think like I'm, I'm good when I, you know, I just don't know what to say, you know, in that circumstance Mm -hmm. when it's like, how do I get out of this when I really don't. It, that's not what I want to do, but all the words coming out of my mouth sound a bit rude. So I really like what you said, just having that yeah. script of literally like, you know, you know. Get, getting back to like loving the snow life. <laughs> I know it's gone. I love this way that it's gone. This, this <laughs> just, but I find a chairlift does that for me sometimes. I don't go on a chairlift with people sometimes. I'm like, okay, yeah, just go by yourself. And I pretend, but I pretend that I'm buckling up my boot or something so I don't have to ride a chairlift with them just so I can sit and swing my legs, you know, <laughs> on a chairlift. And I think that's probably, you know, skiing does that for people as well. Maybe yeah. people don't do it enough. Do you think? Mm-hmm. Like, solo travel like this if if people haven't tried it um it'd be interesting to hear people's feedback of like how how you do find it you know do you get good feedback about solo travel like when you encourage people yeah I do I I have watched people change in front of my eyes I met a girl who had never traveled anywhere she had a really great job in Hollywood like at a major tv station um and she somehow I started talking to her about travel. I think she's now been to 105 countries. Like her entire life changed because she not only got the travel bug, mm. but she loved who she became out on the road. Mm. And here's the thing. Everything we do, like when you're wanting to let's let's say you want to go on a ski vacation by yourself. That's OK. First of all, we don't need permission. And we certainly don't need permission from anyone or an invitation from anyone to not go with someone else. Every time somebody said, you know, every time you sort of, it, it's okay to be joyful alone is what I'm trying to say. Awesome. So, I love that. I love that. <laughs> when, when people see that you're joyful and unapologetic for being alone and taking your alone time, or honestly, even if you're sitting there, a guy or girl comes up and says, you know, oh, hey, you look like you're alone. Come join us. Just have that script ready of, Mm. I am taking some me time, but do it with joy instead Mm. of apologizing. Oh my gosh, I'm on a little me time vacation, but thanks for the invitation Mm. kind of thing. So you're, yeah, you go, go ahead. 
<laughs> I was going to say, so before you got married, did you train your husband in this like little <laughs> words that you use? I'm taking my alone time. <laughs> yes. Luckily, he plays golf and he's very busy and he volunteers and he has a company that he runs and um, he travels a lot with a team that he volunteers uh, coaching. And so we get a, a we get a lot of alone time, both of us, because as you're older, you got a little set in your ways. <laughs> and so it's nice not to have to turn like I did in my 20s and 30s and maybe even my 40s, turn myself upside down to fit into his world. Mm-hmm. We just we just nicely. I love this where we're not completing each other's circle. We're just two circles that are intertwined. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like that marriage encounter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I don't even think he likes the snow. So if I want to go snow skiing, I can go myself, mm. which like I said, is so close. <laughs> yeah. 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 I love this. Yeah. So what your decisions on go- going to either pole, was that, were they part of your, was that definitely part of your 80 countries that you needed to do? Oh or- yeah. Yeah. Um, I have such a bucket list of North pole, South pole, um, crossing the equator, sailing across the Atlantic, the Pacific, all that kind of stuff, which I've done all that now. Um, the Panama canal, all those little tidbits, Mm -hmm. sort of one of my last major things is I have not been to Australia. That will be my final continent. So I cannot wait to go. Oh my God. Oh, yes. (laughs) We will show you Sydney. Yeah. Done. Done. I'm excited. I want to really, when I go there, I want to be there. Mm. I want to be there for a while. I want to explore. I want to get in a car or a camper van and drive all around and meet people and Mm. really discover. You can't just come and do Australia for like three weeks. It's, Mm. you know, it's so big, just like America, but but there's so, and and each, I mean, exactly like America, each little state has different people and, you know, different intricacies of how people view yeah. different people in that state you know it's and it's quite yeah and yeah. you know there's crocodiles at the top there's snow at the bottom there's <laughs> sharks over there you know it's right. really bizarre just hugely diverse yeah same same as you guys you got alligators down in florida you know yeah <laughs> have you both been to america and skied some of the resorts here yeah yeah i lived in utah i'm not a mormon but i lived there for five years okay <laughs> the instructor in park city i did yeah yeah, oh, yeah. love that i've skied a couple of those resorts yeah and i've spent quite a few months at a time in the states different reasons yeah different skiing and and i was an um, exchange student when i was at uni um just yeah so lots of random stuff love it love yeah, how fun stuff. Yeah. I mean, fun. it's got some of the best mountains in the world. I just went and saw Colorado, Colorado tourism, actually, and that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, they came oh, out, wow. got down here, and I was like involved in the chat, so it was very cool. It was, yeah, yeah. I love the states; it's a good country. Yeah, maybe. Do you have? Do you have a bucket list ski resort that you haven't gone to yet? Yep, France. I've never skied France. That is definitely. Okay on the bucket list and probably Greenland because we spoke to a guy on Greenland. He was incredible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's funny. I um listening to your, um all the places that, you know, your list of things, Pamela, Um, I never really considered those big things like that. And I definitely 
love the idea of going to places I haven't been before. Like I get very hungry for new places because mm-hmm. I, you know, I just this awareness that it's such a big wide world out there, and you know, we've got limited time and everything. But I do like the idea of visiting every ski resort and it's a bit of a funny story that I say to my kids okay if I die you've got to sprinkle my ashes on all the ski resorts <laughs> I haven't been to and I thought they'd be really excited and they're like oh that sounds exhausting oh, <laughs> and no. Neil and a couple of mates have said we'll do it for you so yeah, yeah. <laughs> either that or just have your kids put them like a little bit in each envelope and mail it to the ski resort. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good idea. And then they open it and go, oh my God, it'll cause an alert. No. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully they won't have to do that because I would have physically been there. Yeah. Okay. okay. We'll take, a, take a lead from your book. Yeah. Right? Even, <laughs> even better. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, after talking to you, the art of solo travel makes a lot of sense now because there certainly is an art after having this, mm-hmm. uh, like just chatting with you. Like it's, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. What's your top tip, would you say? Ooh, yes. Uh, the first two, I really have to um, pack your wits. Yep. Um, pay attention to your intuition. And, you know, however, however you are <laughs> at home is how you're going to be when you travel. So trust yourself. Yep. And the second thing is the feel the fear and do it anyway. Yeah. You don't have to travel with people. If you have a bucket list, if you have a wish list, a ski wish list, go. Mm-hmm. So maybe maybe someone joins you for five days, but you're there for eight. That's okay. Yeah. Um, and sit in that experience and be unapologetic for whatever you want that experience to be. Mm. Um, whether it's alone time or party or <laughs> instructional, whatever that is. But yeah, feel the fear do it anyway. I love yeah. that so much. So well, where where can people see you in your show? Where do we find you? Yes, I have a website, um, PamelaHolt.com. And right on the front page are all the links to all the places. They can watch me, myself in the world, which is on Go Traveler. Mm. And they can watch it for free there. And also on free, Amazon Freebie, Amazon Prime, Tubi, and a whole bunch more. All the links are there. And you can find me on my social, on all the social. It's at the Pamela Holt, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. <laughs> Love it. Where is our, well, I'll ask this question, then we'll finish on our last one that we always ask, yeah. but where's your next adventure? Maybe Australia. Yes, it is. I ha- <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have season two of my series coming out in January. And once that launches, I'm going to start kind of planning season three which may actually, I think I would like to for season three to go to Eastern Europe. There's just so many epic historical places there. And in in my show, something so that people can sort of understand it. Yes, I, I see some of the very pretty sites in the places that I go, but it's about really getting your feet a little, you know, dirty when you get to a place and experiencing it. And I think there's some really cool experiences in Eastern Europe, for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. And maybe Australia. Yeah, you've <laughs> got to get here. <laughs> but we're wow. going nowhere. Nothing changes fast in Australia, so you'll be fine to see everything. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, it's been so amazing to to speak to you. We, we do have one last question we ask all our guests, and okay. that is uh, what is your favourite place to ski in the world? I'm going to go with Norway. 
because it's pretty epic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. That is great. We'll get there one day, Emma. That's on the bucket list as well. Yeah, for sure, yes. for sure. Why not ski with the, you know, <laughs> you can go visit the Northern Lights too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I know. I've tried. I've tried to see him in Canada a couple of times, and I'm like, damn it, has it worked? But that's like, <laughs> I'm never giving up on that. <laughs> no, oh, it's so worth it. It's just so cool. It's so out of this world kind of feeling. Well, we'll be watching you and following you on your socials. It's exciting. I love it. Thank you for chatting and taking the time. You're a busy lady, and yeah, Thank you. I love learning the art of a solo travel with you. Thank you. Sure. Thank Very you. Fun. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Loving the Snow Life with Emma and Tennille. If you've learned a handy tip or two, then happy days. To catch all our episodes, subscribe on iTunes. It's free. Head over to www.lovingthesnowlife.com.au for more info and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Loving the Snow Life. If you have any suggestions for topics or guests, then email us on our website. Thanks to everyone who leaves a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Feel free to share our episodes on your social media.